everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Disciple Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stovall, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. Today's episode, we have our point leader, Bobby Harrington, interviewing Matt Dabbs about a special disciple-making tool called the Discovery Bible Study. If you found yourself with a new passion and desire to begin discipling people, but you don't really know how to get started, then this episode is really going to help you in a lot of ways. And if you've got kids, make sure you stick around after the break to hear about how to apply these same principles with your kiddos. Before we jump in, I want to remind you we have a promo code going on right now. Our National Disciple Making Forum is coming up in just a couple of weeks, November 4th and 5th. You can use the promo code PODCAST, all lowercase, when you go to discipleship.org to buy your tickets, and you'll get 50% off. So make sure you take advantage of that. All right, everybody, let's jump in and hear what Bobby and Matt have to say today. Hi, I'm Bobby Harrington, and I have the privilege of leading at discipleship.org. And today I'm with my co-laborer and program director for discipleship.org, Matt Dabbs, who also is a church planter who planted a church called Backyard Church. In fact, has the website backyardchurch.com, which tells you all about his church. And uh, the reason that I'm telling you this about Matt is because I want you to know that when we talk today about Discovery Bible Study, sometimes called DBS or Discovery Groups, for Matt, this is not theoretical. This is uh, a tool that he has been using uh, in his church plant, in his organic church uh, that soon will become a network of house churches. So, Matt, welcome. Before you get into DBS, Tell us a little bit about yourself and about the church. Yeah, thank you, Bobby. And it's a backyard church. We started in pandemic. And before that, I was a, a lead minister at two different churches, one in California, one here in Auburn, Alabama. And then we just really felt the call. It, it was kind of funny because we had gone to Exponential the week before pandemic, my wife and I, and we literally left Exponential. We loved Exponential, but we did not feel called to plant a church when we left exponential we thought i remember we thought that is not for us and then uh pandemic came and we just this amazing god connection of neighbors and talents and and new people coming and and we thought man how do we not do this we just felt so convicted to uh you know resign and and start backyard church so uh that's been uh it was october officially october of last year almost a year it's crazy to think about but that's been going. It's gone really well. And we've been able to reach into our neighborhood and trying to reach into new neighborhoods and new areas around. And it looks like before too long, we'll have several uh, house churches multiplying out from here. So it's really been a huge blessing. Wow. That, that's super exciting. Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background with uh, Discovery Bible Study, again, DBS. And then I'd like you to introduce it by showing us just an outline but give us your background with DBS first. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this was really new to me, pretty recent. So, you know, there was a learning community with Shadonke that uh, you had invited me to come up and participate in. And I had never heard of Discovery Bible Study. I think maybe he asked who knew it and a couple of people raised their hand. And I just thought, I don't know what he's talking about. And when he shared Discovery Bible Study with us, it really checked a lot of boxes for me because I've written a ton of curriculum for small groups and 
Bible studies and things. I've had those online for years and I love writing curriculum. But the thing, there were, there were several things about Discovery Bible Study that I really appreciated. And so and I'm going to talk about those as we go through the items. Um, but I just want to start by saying I'm relatively new to DBS, just haven't done this a couple of years. I, I have done a lot of DBS in the last couple of years. And so at first I was thinking, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm the right person to talk about this. There's a lot of people who've done this a lot more than I have. At the same time, I feel like if someone doesn't know anything about Discovery Bible Study, I may actually be in the perfect position to kind of be that one little step further to say, okay, come along, right? Because in psychology, that's called the zone of proximal development, which means I'm one step ahead. That means I can actually kind of teach you a little bit better than someone that's so far down the road that they can't relate to a newbie, you know? So I hope that's where I'm at. And I hope that, you know, if you're watching this, that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll learn the ropes of this and that maybe I'm sensitive to things a new person would be sensitive to when it comes to discovery Bible study. So that's my hope in this conversation. Oh, that's great. I, I really like that way to go with the, uh, telling us about it. Okay, Matt, just basic fundamental question to begin with. What is DBS? All right. So let me go ahead and share my screen. And Discovery Bible Study is just a very simple way used all around the world, used in church planting and disciple-making circles, that really you can teach anyone, anywhere, anytime, how to get into the Bible in the most simple way imaginable, and is one of those tools that, that you could use on a flight. You could use, if lo and behold, you're at a, at a church somewhere and they say, well, now Bobby's going to get up and share a lesson with us. And you think, oh, no, I don't have anything to say. You know, DBS is one of those things that you can just work through on the fly and and teach anyone how to do very, very quickly. Like within a time or two, people understand how to do this. So when Shadonke explained this, one of his examples was that, you know, in Sierra Leone, they were literally handing off DBS questions and some scriptures with non-believers and saying, try this. And that really struck me. I thought, well, it's really that simple. Like if you had no Bible knowledge, you could try this. And, you know, part of what he was sharing was that people come to a, a faith in God through the word of God as they try to obey what the Bible says and they see their life change, that they become convinced that the Bible is something different. And I found that really powerful. And I, I've, I've seen that happen as well since we've been doing this. So. Very, very simple. And the first two questions, you want me to go ahead and get into the questions? Yeah, go ahead uh, for the sake of the podcast and just go through the overview and then let's work our way through each one. Okay. So we're going to just start with just some general questions just about how things are going. And sometimes we like to pray about this. I don't think everybody necessarily prays between the first uh, two and the third question. And then Question three is, is not a question that gets asked the first time around. That's something that's from week two on because it's a review question. And so after we kind of find out how are we doing, the first two questions are kind of a check-in. The third question we'll talk about in a little while. Then we get right into the word. Very, very simple. So, so the first two questions, Matt, the first two questions are, uh, what is going well in your life this past week? What challenge are you facing? And then you pray and jump in with the third question. Exactly. So, and these are just the first two questions are just good interpersonal questions. How are you doing and what challenges are, are you facing? It's just really a time to open up and a time for people to share what's going on in their lives. And for those of us who are Christians to be mindful in prayer 
for the, the good and the bad and the things that are happening within the group that we're in. So, you know, once you've worked through this one time, down in question six, uh, then you have an accountability. I just say accountability. You have a review of a commitment that you've made in living out what you've heard in this passage. So we'll talk about that more in question six. But I don't want to say that's an accountability item. Uh, it's it's more like, how did you see God working? This way we use it. How did you see God working when you lived out his word, right? So whenever you review your, your I will statement in question three from the previous week, it's like, okay, well, I said I was going to go talk with my neighbor. A uh, new guy moved in and I got to talk with him and he really opened up about his faith background and we really hit it off and prayed with him. It's like, wow, that's really amazing. You know, we had a, a scripture about how we're supposed to love our neighbor and you went and connected with the new neighbor and then God really opened up doors in that conversation. So if you have an, an, a non-Christian or a seeker in the discipling group and they're listening to people who are, are disciples sharing these God stories, it's really encouraging that, re- that review, you know, what did you do with your I will statement? Uh, the temptation might be to make that an accountability piece. Like, did you do what you said you were going to do? And to me, that's not really the importance of it. The importance of it is a non-believer is going to hear these God stories. You know, there's a principle. We heard the word, we read the word, we heard it, we lived it. And then God did this when we did that. And so as they're trying to live out the word, as they're trying to obey what they heard, what kind of things are they seeing and, and how God is working through them partnering with God, through obeying the word of God. So that's the importance of the review question and question three. But the, the main, the meat of Discovery Bible study is, is really a 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, right? That God's word is powerful and, and it's, it's useful for correcting and training yeah. and all those things, right? Like just get in the word. It doesn't get much more simple than let's just get in the hey, word Matt, and not have a, you know. Matt, but, for those who are just listening to the podcast, uh, let me just read the questions. Uh, so if you're just driving down the road, sure. you're listening to this. Question number one, what is going well in your life this past week? Question number two, what challenges are you facing? Question number three, what did you do with your I will statement from last week? So the I will statement is, as we're going to see, that you commit to uh, obedience. Uh, That's why Discovery Bible Study is part of obedience-based disciple-making. Then read uh, the passage, reread the passage, and then you tell it in your own words. Uh, and then uh, the question four is, what does this passage tell you about God? What does this passage tell you about people, including yourself? Question six, what are you going to do to live out in obedience what you've learned about God and other people? And question seven, who is someone you can share something from this passage with this week? Yes. Okay. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate you uh, just making that really plain for everybody. That's good. Okay. Did you have any questions before we dive into the the scripture? Uh, So Matt, do you just end with question seven? Uh, Who is someone you can share something from this passage with this week? Do you talk about how to help them or how does that work? Right on question seven. So yes. question, question seven, who is someone you can share something from the passage this week is something that I explain as 
a discernment item. So what I don't want to do is we had a lesson on a scripture that said, you know, in your anger, do not sin. And then you say, okay, who's someone you can share this with? Well, Bob at work is a really angry guy. So (laughs) I'm going to go find Bob and I'm going to hit him with this verse, right? So when I explain question seven to people as we're starting off and I'm teaching them DBS, I'll say, if the opportunity presents itself to share with someone this week, that let's have our eyes open and let's have specific people in mind, but let's learn to be discerning of if that door of opportunity opens to share with them. Because my concern is in a very innocent simple, trying to check the boxes approach, you know, someone's really trying to share. It's great. Like that's part of growing in maturity is sharing with others. Absolutely. hundred percent. But if you're not discerning and when and how you do that, then you might cause a lot more trouble than, you know, you, you thought you were going to really help somebody and you blow somebody up, you know? So I use that as an opportunity to really teach more like spiritual discernment of when to know when to share and when not to share with somebody rather than a, you better come back next week. And if said, yeah, I shared with Bob, well, coming back and saying, well, I didn't get to share with Bob because he said this when I was about to share. And I thought now's not a good time. That's actually really mature. So Matt, before you dive into the details, uh, I just want all of the people who are joining us, or if you're listening uh, to notice that one of the things that we really emphasize for disciple making is that you get a simple, effective, and reproducible model. Uh, simple meaning it's not real complicated, uh, that it's easy to understand. Effective meaning that it helps with uh, people being formed into the image of Jesus and also people fishing uh, to reach lost people. And then lastly, it it's reproducible. As Matt said, you can go through it a couple of times and then you can lead the group just through uh, and just kind of just take over and, and help us understand how it works. Right. So generally, I will lead the Discovery Bible study a time or maybe maybe even two or three times. And then after that second time or so, I'll say, hey, next week, if there's up three other people in the group, you know, you take uh, question one and two and pray, you know, actually Q one, two, three, you do the read, reread, tell, retell, and then have someone do four through seven. And there's kind of not some natural breaks there that you can put in. And so I'll have, I'll have people do a chunk. And then the next week I'll have them do like the full thing. And then kind of like, so if there's three people, then week one, okay, you take the full thing. Sorry. Uh, be like week three, you take the full thing. Week four, you take the full thing. Week five, you, the other person takes the full thing and let them do that. And then, I mean, it really is is that simple. I mean, again, Shadonke is saying they literally hand this on a paper to someone who's never seen a Bible and say, try it. One of the So the main thing here is, and one of the things that Curtis Sargent, who's been on the collective, has emphasized when it comes to Christian maturity is that Christian maturity is about growing in knowledge, about growing and faithfulness slash obedience and growing and sharing. And so you see in Discovery Bible Study, all three components of that maturation process is you're in the word to grow in your knowledge of the word, to live it out, which is the faithfulness. And then there's the sharing component. So I, I really 
I thought that was really interesting that he defined maturity, Christian spiritual maturity in that way, and that DBS really tracks that really well. So we dive into the word. And one of the things I want to say about that is like one of my early questions with DBS was how do I get scriptures? And they're like, well, there's an app and there's websites. And so I started looking online and started finding lists. But I, I also was finding people saying, you know, really, you kind of need to make your own list. And it, it occurred to me, and I don't know if I heard this or if it just was something that that came to me and, and kind of figuring this out was, okay, I've prayed about who to have in my group. I've asked God to help me discern who to invite. Wouldn't it make sense that I would ask God to help me select the scriptures? So as I'm getting into scripture selection, I'll spend some time praying about, okay, God, you know, what do you want these particular people at this particular season to study? And so I'll start going through things as they come to mind. Okay, maybe it's time for Proverbs or James or Ephesians or a gospel. And I'll just start reading through things with those people in mind and just prayerfully reading through the scriptures until something clicks. And then I'll start making an outline that I'll send to everybody. And so everything's set in advance, weeks and weeks and even months in advance. And one of the things that has been so profound about that process has been that the people in the group have, you know, a couple of months worth of scriptures in front of them from week one. And there literally have been months where every single week the scripture tracked with question one and two. So as we were sharing about what's going well and what our challenges were, that the scriptures just spoke right into what people were sharing in a way that was like, wow, I, I could not have orchestrated that. That was just really amazing that that all came together. And it would happen sometimes week after week after week, like four, three or four or five weeks in a row like that. I just thought, wow, that's really, really amazing. I feel like God's at work and even in that part. So we have our scripture list. And again, you can find them online, but I mean, I would recommend just kind of the process I was outlining is to prayerfully consider what to study with those particular people and uh, see what comes to mind. And then as you, the, the passages tend to be short and simple. So I kind of think of it more in terms of like the English translation heading sections where you, you know, you in the Sermon on the Mount, every 12 or 15 verses, you know, you got a new heading, a new topic or like Ephesians or Colossians, every 15, 20 verses, there's another heading. I tend to think of those being good-sized chunks for Discovery Bible study because, you know, in just a minute, you're going to tell it in your own words. And if, if you got four chapters, it's like, where, where do you start? That's going to be really hard to put all that in your mind and retell it. So the scriptures, what we do, tend to be pretty short so they can be very memorable and easily applicable. And so we'll read it and say, okay, if I'm facilitating, hey, can somebody just read this passage for us? Okay. And Steve begins to read. We're all reading along. And, you know, someone's noticing that the words on their page are different than the words on his page. And so afterward, I'll say, well, did anybody have anything that read a little bit different? Can we hear it maybe from a different translation? So somebody else reads. And then we say, okay, well, what did you hear? Can you just tell us what you heard? Tell us in your own words. And then say, Okay, when that person's done, well, does somebody else hear anything? Maybe something else stood out to you. Can, can someone else tell it in, in your own words? And one of the effects that we see when it comes to memory and recall is, you know, the, the primacy effect and the late, latency effect. A lot of times we remember kind of the first thing we heard or the very last thing we heard kind of made an impact. You know, you, you hear a scripture and sometimes that first, you kind of get stuck on the first couple words and you don't really hear a whole lot else. 
but it, it really can be interesting to have different people retell it until you kind of hear the whole thing. If you're not hearing kind of the whole thing, then you can kind of keep calling on people or as a facilitator, you can say, okay, well, here's what I heard and kind of make sure that all the main points are mentioned in the retelling so that when you get to question four, question four and question five, what did you learn about God or people doesn't do us an awful lot of good if we don't have all the scripture on the table, right? So I feel like the retelling needs to pretty well catch most of the verses as best we can. And so, then we, go ahead. Matt, um, when you do that, do you pretty much only cover one section of scripture per mating? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I generally just do that. And one of the things that, that I, I, at first I was kind of questioning, but I think is actually helpful is, you know, there's usually kind of a general understanding that, you know, you're not cross-referencing a bunch of other scriptures or pulling in commentaries or other resources. It's like, let's really just focus in on what God said right here. Because all of a sudden someone's like, well, I was reading in first John this morning and it said this, and now you're all of a sudden it's really easy to, to lose focus. And, and I, I wrestle with that because I, I do like to hear more scripture and I like to put a big picture together. But for DBS, I think it is very important to try to keep it simple and keep it focused. One of the side effects of letting people start chasing theological rabbits is if you have a new person in there or a seeker who has no biblical knowledge and two or three of you are just geeking out over some fine theological point, you're going to have the haves and the have-nots with Bible knowledge real quick. And the person with the low biblical knowledge who's just trying to figure out the basics is going to feel like, like I'm in too deep and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't want people to feel like that. Yeah. No, that's really good. Okay. So uh, these basic questions now, do you hand these out in a bookmark or something, the questions to everybody? I, I do. So like when I explain the group and I explain the commitment, for people to agree to, I'll send everything to them. Okay, good. They know exactly what they're getting into. Okay. So I'll send out a very simple covenant. I'll send out DBS questions and I'll send out the scriptures in advance for the length of our, the commitment. Okay. Uh, I'm going to let you keep going. And then I had some other questions. Sure. So we asked, okay, what does this passage tell us about God? So if we're in John 3, 16, you know, we say, okay, so for God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, there's certain things we hear about God in that passage, right? That God is a loving God, that God is a generous God, that God is a self-sacrificial God. There's a lot packed into God in that passage. There's a lot packed into uh, that passage about people, that we're lovable, that God truly unconditionally loves us and is willing to do whatever he can for us. And so one of the things that we get into here is obviously question for, you know, what are you learning about God? Uh, you're, you're, you're really going to hear someone's maturity level when they talk about what they heard in that passage about God and what they focus in on. If they go a little bit deeper, you know, into something that's more nuanced, you know, you, you're going to kind of figure out where people are at. But I think it's important on question five that, People understand, like, if you're hearing something about you in there, now's the time to share that. Like, if you have an aha about, oh, that's how God sees me, you know, like, that's not just about people. This is about you and me, you know. 
I think that's really powerful for people to understand. Like those words are for you. Like God really wants you to understand his amazing, immense love that he has. So I think that that including yourself piece is really, really important. So it's not just like a theological or anthropological abstraction, you know? Yeah. So then we get to question six and, and I want to say, Bobby, like in some people's versions of this, there is like a line that says, um, what has the Holy Spirit shown you about God or people? Or what has the Holy Spirit shown you about what you're supposed to do with this passage? And I, I've held out on using that terminology, not that I disagree with it, but because if I have seekers in the group, they're just not on that same page yet. So I'm asking them to talk about what the Holy Spirit's convicting them of, and they don't even understand what they're answering. I I feel like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I agree with you. One of the questions I've started using is instead of what is the Holy Spirit saying to you, I've started saying intuitively, what do you think God wants you to do? Yeah, I like that. I like that. And, but, you know, it would depend on the group. So if your group were all mature believers, then, you know, that terminology, the Holy Spirit terminology, I think would work real well. I want to take a quick break and tell you about something cool happening over at discipleship.org. It's our discipleship.org collective. It's an online community for disciples and disciple makers. And if you fit in either one of those categories, then the collective is designed just for you. The website itself is super cool because it's basically like stepping into a virtual church building with a welcome center, an auditorium for our main events, and even classrooms. Right now, you can get free access to this collective with all of its webinars, seminars, eBooks, and even disciple making assessments for you personally or for your whole church. And this is a community, so you can also have the opportunity to connect with other disciple makers. And while membership is free, there's also a premium access option, which includes courses, certifications, and online gatherings with other leaders from around the world. So head on over to discipleship.org slash collective and sign up for your free membership today. Yeah. One of the things I haven't mentioned is, you know, we use this with our kids. Dave Clayton and Doug Paul are saying this is fantastic with their kids. Oh, yeah, it really is. So let's talk about that for a minute. So DBS and the family, you know, the first time I ever did Discovery Bible Study was with our family, with our boys, 8 and 10 at the time. And I was I kept telling myself, simple and reproducible. It's got to be memorable, right? And so I walked away from the study and I, and I asked myself, can I repeat? all, you know, nine items here off the top of my head. And sure enough, I could, it was, you know, it was no, no problem at all. And they got it. They really did understand it. And they began to get the connection of, they had been very much readers of God's word, but they hadn't, we hadn't really very, we had done a very good job of making the connection of like, when you read it, you really need to make sure you find something, you know, some way to live this out. And they, they really picked up on that. Um, I really do. One of the lessons for me in the last year or so has just been, you know, I've lived my whole life with a very, very low expectation of obedience from teaching, which is just odd. But I've written, 
hundreds and hundreds of, of small group lessons over the years. And, you know, I would always end with an application section. And in the application section, it would say something like, you know, how would your life be different if you really lived that, what you heard this in this lesson or something like that. DBS says, like, what are you going to do? Like, you name something specific, small, and identifiable. That's how I feel about it. Like, if it's nebulous, I'm going to just love my neighbor this week. Like, that's really not very helpful, right? Like, what does that look like? Let's talk about what that looks like. And it needs to be doable, right? It needs to be something you can actually accomplish. So something fairly smallish, but could be big. It just has to be something you can actually feasibly do. So anyway, our, our kids picked up on it. It was a big plus for them. They, they had read tons of scripture. Uh, they had both read their whole Bible by eight and 10, all the way through cover to cover NIV, uh, very much readers of the word, but moving them to doers of the word at a very young age. And to model for them a very simple approach, like when you're reading the Bible, here's a way to make sense out of it. You know, like here's some good questions to ask, some good practices to have, and something you can share with your friends, right? Like let's very simple. Like if you're just talking with a friend and you want to share something like just you can show this to them. So I don't know if they've ever done that, but they, they know it's there. So this is something we, we have done many, many nights uh, over the last two years with, with our boys. Very, very good. Oh, that's good. Now, do they get tired of it, Matt? Um, no, it feels like what we have done is over time, we've kind of focused in, depending on the topic in the week, we've focused in on different aspects of it. So it usually we'll focus in on, uh, you know, God, people, and, and the I will. But sometimes we'll just do a check-in, okay? What's going well and what are your challenges and, you know, those sorts of So we don't necessarily go through all nine items every single time. We'll kind of switch pieces up and kind of play with it a little bit depending on, you know, how much time we have. If it's 20 minutes till bedtime and we're going to have to get through a little quicker, you know, and those sorts of things. But uh, they've never said, oh, let's not do that again. That, that's never been a comment. No, that's great. Okay, keep going. Tell, tell us, uh, keep walking us through what it's like in a group. Right. So, you know, again, we're kind of on question six here. How are you going to live this out? And that, again, is a very encouraging piece. Uh, we don't ever want that to be a discouraging piece, you know, for, for anybody. But again, we're trying to pair in people's mind the idea that read and reread, tell and retell is we need to be putting God's word in, in order for us to actively obey what God said. And when we actively obey what God said, then we get to watch God work. So from, to me, the focus of obedience is not my obedience. The focus of obedience is that when I live out the word of God, I get a front row seat to watch what God gets to do. Mm, that's good. And it's, it's wonderful. Like, I can't tell you, I can tell you many instances where, you know, I, I was passive and not living. <laughs> like not much happens when you're not living out the word of God. But when you really put it into practice, you really get to watch God do some amazing things. Um, and so, you know, that to me is the, the obedience part. And again, Q3 is such an encouragement. We want Q3, the review of I will to be an absolute encouragement. And so obviously the question would come up is what do you do if someone says, that, okay, I didn't get to it this week. And just listening to what, what Curtis was saying was, you know, he kind of had certain things that you, you come back with on that. And, and, and his approach was like, okay, well, make sure you do last week's and now you got to do this week's too, right? 
And, and typically I've just moved on. I've just kind of said, okay, well, we'll have another one this week and let's just try to focus in on that. Right now, if someone's just every single week, never doing it, that's just a conversation. Like, you're not sure what to do or is it, is it too complicated? Is it not clear? Like, let's just work on making it simple, small, clear. And so that it's very doable. Or maybe there's something else going on. Let's check in if someone's just repeatedly completely unwilling to do what they said they're going to do because they committed to doing it. Right. But I'm, I'm not real hard line on like, okay, you, you didn't do it. Well, we're going to start piling these up till you get them all done. I, I, I'm just letting it go. Uh, what do you think about that, Bobby? Have, have you, have you forced people to keep every past commitment or do you just kind of let that go and say, you know, okay, new week? Matt, my nature is I don't want to be the, you know, stickler kind of person. Yeah. So my nature is to just trust that to God and the Holy spirit. I don't believe accountability uh, works further than the way you want to be accountable. Hmm. Like I don't want to impose accountability on anybody beyond that, which they want to be accountable. That's so true. I tend to, but that doesn't mean that it's right. It's more how I'm wired. And, uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the gotcha. Like you didn't do that. That's not me. I, I don't like doing that. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm just so focused in on trying to make Q3 a time of encouragement more so than a, Oh, Oh, you, you again, it's you again, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I, I agree with what you said there. And the thing I also really like about DBS is it's mutual accountability. It's not hierarchical accountability. Right. So yeah. I've also made a commitment and I've got to live it out. And if I keep not living it out, you need to I say, call me on it, but maybe so I'm the facilitator. Like if, if I'm not living this out, tell me like, you might want to, you know, give me some feedback on that. No, that's good. How are you finding uh, question seven about the sharing this passage, uh, which is really an evangelism question, right? Yeah, it really is. And I find that's the hardest one for people to do by, by far, like just me living it out or having a conversation I committed to is not, not so difficult. It's that sharing piece that, that I feel like gets the least traction. And I've just heard people say like, oh, I just have an aversion to that question. I feel like I'm having a sales pitch or something like that. It's like, no, let's make this an, an encouragement. Like, you know. I've heard something in the Bible and I, it's so encouraged me this week. I just want to share it with you. Maybe it brighten your day a little bit. Like let's, let's allow the word of God to be shared in an, an encouraging way. I just think there's such a stigma that the word of God has in the past often been shared with negative connotation or kind of a gotcha connotation or getting people with the Bible. And it's like, man, couldn't we use the Bible to build people up and let them know how valued they are and how God yeah. loves them and, those sorts of things. I mean, that's just much more doable than, uh, you know, in your anger, do not sin. Okay. Go find someone who, who has an anger issue and, and confront them with this passage, right? Like people are just not, they're not ready to receive that, but the disciples not ready to do that, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think, you know, what some people would say, which is new to me this past year is past three months is to say, well, then maybe we need to sit down and practice that conversation. I had never considered that before. You know, if that's a hard hard sharing conversation and you're saying, well, I have something to share. I'm going to share it with my mother and she's not going to maybe take it real well. It's like, well, let's, let's practice that for a minute, you know, and that's something new to me that um, I think could really be helpful. That's good, Matt. 
that's definitely the hardest item. That's way out of the comfort zone for people. Yeah. Okay. There is, there's not a review on that item. It would be interesting to review what happened with your sharing last week. You know, like we do the, I will. Yeah. So Matt, how do you then bring the group to a close? Right. Well, if I haven't, sometimes I will save the prayer for the end. Um, But generally at the end, we'll just catch up a little while and just kind of get really informal because we all know that we're through the questions, right? So we just very quickly shift to informal, just catching up, fellowship time, um, you know, just whatever comes natural. But because people know the questions after the second week or so, it's just like, okay, we know that we're through with that. Let's just hang out for a bit. Okay. So how long does it take typically? Well, first off, what's the size of your group? And then how long does it take? Yeah, the groups that I've done have been three to five people. And I've done a little bit bigger than that. I think the biggest group we've done has been like eight. Um, They were couples. So it was almost like units, like four units in a sense, because we kind of handled it as couples. Yeah. Um, We were kind of like, how was your week? The couples would share. So it almost acted like four people. That was kind of a weird exception. Um, but yeah, three to five. And we, I think this is a really important point. I'm really glad you asked that question. We really try to stick to not more than an hour because I, I'm really a stickler on that because I've made a commitment. You've made a commitment. And part of my commitment to you is, you know, this has to be doable. It, as you said, it has to be simple and reproducible and it's just not doable if it's forever lasting long. And every week you come and you get bogged down in this and they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing this. And much less do I want to show other people how to do this. So 45 minutes, you can get through this in 45 minutes, an hour max is kind of the window that I'm looking for. And even on the hangout time, like if you're hanging around forever afterward, just let people know, Hey, if you need to go, it's just, you're welcome to go give people an out because if they're sensing in a busy world that we live in, like this is overdone, like they're not going to stick with it. So Matt, do you use this in your uh, regular like gathering or is this a supplement to your regular gathering? Yeah, it's a supplement to the regular, regular gathering. So we have groups with, within the church that are doing this. Um, I have, I've really considered preaching VBS a time or two. I've never done it. The thing that's attractive to me about doing it, and I will do this eventually, is that I can set up a sermon in a way that's saying, for those who haven't been in a group, to say, here's a lesson in a way that you can easily do on your own and just set up the questions, model it for them as a sermon, right? Yeah. As a lesson. And and it literally starts as a great sermon. Hey, everybody, how are y'all doing today? What Can somebody share something that's going really well, right? And someone, you know, let them talk, have some interaction. Anybody facing any challenges this morning? Get a few people to talk, right? And then you kind of get in, you wouldn't review and I will, but let's read this passage. Would somebody mind, you know, sharing another version? And what do you, what do you all hear when you hear this? It'd be really an easy setup. But the thing that's attractive to me about doing it in a sermon or by even a Bible class setup would be that people could learn that tool very quickly and, and, and take that home with them. I think it'd be a great way to model that. Have, have you ever preached DBS? No, but I know, uh, like, if you remember, Shadonke shared with us that he does. And uh, uh, he likes that. So here's my last question for you, Matt. Uh, you've been doing this for a couple of years, 
Is this getting like old, like as you're using it with people, do they, they, do they kind of talk like, yeah, can we, can we study a book now instead, or do we have to keep doing DBS? What, what What's the reaction to that? Yeah. Well, what I'm seeing it more as is if, if I'm discipling you, then there's certain skill sets that I want to impart to you. I want to impart to you how to pray. I want to impart to you spiritual discernment. I want to impart to you how to be self-feeding on the word of God, right? So this is a component of multiple components so that we can teach this and, and let people do this for several months, you know, and then they could take on and doing this for other people. But, you know, I don't think it has to be um, the only thing, like a group is only going to do this forever. It's like, okay, let's really spend some time, just like Jesus disciples said, teach us how to pray. Okay, let's spend some time really diving in on how to pray. You could do that with DBS, but I don't think that's really the best thing just to keep rolling like that. So I, I see it more as a self-feeding component on instructing people how to self-feed on the Word of God. So does that mean that they do it, they've been doing it, some people for a couple of years, and they just keep doing it regularly with with a happy attitude, we're going to keep doing this? Yeah. And, and again, we're also saying, you know, do this with your kids, do this with your spouse, you know, carry this into your home life, right? This is not just something we're going to just do over here, but take this into other arenas within your life. And that's that's a real big plus. All right. Well, Matt, if, if I knew to ask one last question, uh, I'm going to ask you, what's the one last question I should be asking you? Man, um, that's a great question. That's the, like the question of all questions, huh? Uh, I guess I would just say, I would ask, like, what is the, the, the downfall? Like, what is the weakness of all of this, right? Is there yeah. an, Achille, an Achilles heel in this process? And there's a few answers to that. I mean, one is it's, it's not a, a one-size-fits-all, do-everything thing. I don't feel like it is. I think some people feel like it is. Uh, I don't think it's going to do everything for you. It's not going to teach all the the lessons of discipleship that people need to get to really follow Jesus. It's just one one piece. And again, I I think that it's really easy to get, um, for the very reason you stated, Bobby. Like we want to be kind and loving and gentle, and so to really get people to share on question seven. I think I'd almost have to be more forceful than I've been with people. Yeah. In other words, just for those who are listening, question seven is yeah, sorry. who is, who is someone you can share something from this passage with this week? Good call. Yeah. Thank you for reading that again. Yeah. That sharing item, I feel like I struggle with it because I feel like it's necessary, but I also feel like people really struggle with that. And so that's why I'm thinking that the role play practice training piece in other words, after you ask question seven, if we were to say, does anybody think that they're going to have difficulty with that this week? Well, I do. Well, why is that? Well, because, you know, S- Steve over here at my job is really tough, you know, and or whatever they're going to say. It's like, well, let's talk about that. Yeah, that's something I've never done. And so I've just kind of accepted that it's a very difficult question. But I feel like in the last, um, I feel like there's at least maybe a way to address that People are, are not robots and, you know, they have feelings and hangups about these things. And let's, let's find out where someone's at with Q7. Instead of, in other words, instead of just blowing through Q7, oh, you know, what could you, who could you share? I know Steve and he needs this and all that. Okay. You, 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 you share, share, share. 
and uh, or someone says, I don't have anybody to share that with. It's like, well, maybe we can meet people where they're at and encourage them in the sharing that it's a positive message and that if they don't know how to do it, let's talk about how to do it. And that's something I've yeah. never done. But I think that uh, after talking and hearing from Curtis Sargent, that's really been on my mind is maybe that would remove the weakness of the sharing question. Because that, that feels like a real weakness to me. Like it's really yeah. easy week in and week out to get through the sharing question of without much actually happening. Okay, that's good. So Matt, how m- have you seen many conversions uh, using Discovery mm. Bible Study? No. So what we've done since we started just a year ago uh, has been training people in this to share with other people. So I've really focused in on believers so far and trained this for more like multiplication out to get people into their networks using this. So, you know, the people we've had in this have mostly all been Christians at this point, but as we, as we implement some new things uh, in the last few months, I think that's going to change. Well, that's good. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking this time with us. So many people are hearing about Discovery Bible Study, and as somebody who's very integral to discipleship.org, like you are as our program director, but also somebody who's planted an organic church, uh, who's trying to reach people, and as a practitioner, I'm just really grateful to have you share with us what you're learning. And we look forward to the continuing dialogue of uh, what we're learning, how things can be made better, and how to encourage people uh, to be about this great mission that Jesus gave us to be disciples who make disciples. That's right. I'm going to give the last words to you. And again, thank you for being with us. Well, I'm very encouraged just to be able to share this. And I'm very reachable if anybody just needs to reach out and ask any questions about this, you know, you're more than welcome to reach out to me to text me at 334-750-9919 to send me a text. And I'd be glad to answer any questions that you have about this whole process. Because again, it's something that, you know, I feel like has been an answer to a lot of the questions I had and how to more effectively show people how to study in a way that they could then show to other people. So it's just been really a blessing. And I'm so thankful that uh, that Bobby, that you were, you know, invited me into the process to, to learn some of these tools. So I appreciate you doing that. Well, Matt, thank you. So uh, good to be with you and uh, God bless everyone. Hope you have a great day. All right, that wraps up today's episode. I hope that gave you some practical tools on how to lead a Bible study and how to use Discovery Bible Study in discipling people. It's a great tool. Hey, I hope that you're making plans to be in Nashville, Tennessee on November 4th and 5th for our National Disciple Making Forum. We're going to have speakers like Shadonke Johnson, Jim Putman, Elisa Childers, Ariana Rimson. It's going to be a fantastic time. You're going to learn a lot about discipleship, and you're also going to get to have some awesome worship time with other disciple makers from around the globe. Go to discipleship.org to purchase tickets. Use the promo code podcast, all lowercase, to get 50% off. All right, I hope that you'll do that. I hope to see you in a couple weeks. Have a great day, and I'll see you on the next episode.